Welcome to the TV show show. I'm Rob Schulte. I'm Brittany. Hi. Brittany, this is a podcast about television shows. It really is. It, it really is. doesn't get any more uh, exciting. No, it gets way more exciting than that. What am I talking about? And one of those reasons is uh, something that you had brought up today. What? <laughs> that yeah. we have a very special guest? Yes. Yeah. Oh, okay. It's my friend, Rusty Blazenhoff. She's uh, a positive deviant, a professional blogger, writer, weekly zine queen. Why don't you just explain yourself? I'm doing, I, I just, I can't even do it justice. <laughs> I like zine queen. I never heard that one before. <laughs> You're like, I'm going to use that. <laughs> I'm taking notes here. <laughs> uh, I am a blogger. I, I've, I've often said I'm a zinester. You know, because I do a, a weekly inbox scene, which is better than saying an e-newsletter. Um, yeah. <laughs> I uh, let's see. Gosh, I've done a lot of things in my time. I'm really into pop culture, and uh, I met Brittany through blogging. We were both do- covering um, pop culture um, items uh, for a time, and you know, go back and forth. You know, um, inspired by each other, and. Um, uh, at some point, maybe in 2012, I realized that my calling was to cover pop culture and all its quirky things. And that was really, hmm. you know, it's kind of hard to um, convince your family when you're younger that <laughs> that's what you should be doing. But I finally came around and went, you know, and I'm a grown up and uh, this is what I want to do. And so this is what I do. And I love television. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Love TV. Speaking of TV, we're covering... Speaking of TV, welcome to the podcast, first of all. It's um, uh, called the television show show. Uh, yes. Uh, but we are covering the very first episode of The Real World. And so I wanted to ask you, Rusty, what is your experience or relationship to The Real World? And do you remember watching this pilot episode? Oh, absolutely. You know... Um, <laughs> That that the the real world they um, reran that show for ten years. Yeah, <laughs> so everyone has basically seen it. I mean, it's you know, um, and there wasn't as much on television back then either. Um, it, you know, it premiered in May 1992, and at that time I was their peers. You know, I was 21, so um, you know these are all my Gen X peeps. Um, it's really the show is really part of my DNA. Um. Yeah, it's really That's something amazing. to me. Mm-hmm. And wow. you mentioned to me that you have a real life, real world experience. Yeah. So, um, uh, <clears throat> the seventh season, I think it was the seventh season, was that in Seattle, and um, I was, you know, already in California at that time, and um. But I watched it, you know, I, I watched a lot, a lot of MTV, the different shows they had back then. And in that season, there was a cast member uh, who slapped another cast member. They called it the bitch slap that um, was heard around the world. <laughs> yes. Oh, wow. I remember this. Yeah, yeah. Very vaguely. Yeah. Well, um, the slappy is a gal named Irene McGee. And um, she, you might remember she also has uh, Lyme disease. <laughs> That was her other That's claim. Right. Uh-huh. That, yes. Her storyline, yes. <laughs> right. Wow, yes, I do remember that. <laughs> yeah. um, so, so for a little while, she was living in San Francisco. She's now in New York. Um, and she was doing a podcast, and she was pals with people I knew. I, had, I never met her when she was in San Francisco. 
But one of the people um, she knew was the founder of the Laughing Squid blog, which is where I, f I started doing professional blogging um, in 2012. A year later, I was blogging for them and um, was going out to New York City for um, the Webby Awards, to go to the Webby Awards. And um, Laughing Squid had a party at um, a fancy hotel lobby or, you know, bar and, in New York City. And um, before I arrived, before I left, you know, the Bay Area, I'm up in the Bay Area, um, Irene sent me a note through Facebook to say she was excited to meet me. That's amazing. Wow. <laughs> and, and she was. Like, when I arrived, um, she, like, beelined it for me and gave me a big hug. And um, anyway, somewhere in these files, I have a picture of the two of us at that party. <laughs> oh, you'll have to pull that up for me. <laughs> yeah. That's really yeah. cool. That is very, very cool. Yeah. It was, it was surprising. <laughs> <laughs> no, no doubt, for sure. Rob, do you remember watching this show? I do. I do remember watching The Real World. Um, it was not a show that, like, it was a show that my older brother watched a lot more than me. He was about six years older than me. So when this season came out, he was in the middle of high school. Um, it didn't really connect with me too much, but my next door neighbors would watch it every day like whatever rerun was going on was on <laughs> that day after school whenever it aired and so for a portion of time i would get into like seasons here and there but really i just remember this being like uh epic television this first season but i don't remember much more than it than like um some of the issues that we'll get into later on when we're discussing this episode but really the only other real world season i remember is vegas because i think that was the first time i was like and a like old enough to be like oh yes partying in vegas can be very intense oh do you think you're gonna mess up anymore yeah okay things are gonna get worse um because you know i was probably like 16 years old or something when that season was out See, I, I stopped watching by that point. Like, I was done, yeah. you know. Yeah. <laughs> well, I don't remember any other seasons, so something probably brought me into that one, being a 16-year-old boy. <laughs> sure, sure. Yeah. I wonder what that, what? I yeah, what I don't know. Anyway, Brittany, what about you? Like, well, like Rusty mentioned, I mean, it was like rerun, like every, I mean, I just remember being home from school over the summer and like laying on the couch, just watching whatever was on MTV. So uh -huh. I absolutely, I, but I don't think I watched anything consecutively. So yeah. um, I was never like invested in a season, but I definitely felt related. Like, you know what I mean? Because like, to me, they were like grownups. You're yeah. like, wow, yeah. they're so sophisticated. She's like 19 years old. <laughs> She's it, a baby. It's, it's so hard, like watching these shows because like at least where you and I we, like uh, they they did feel like grown-ups back in the day and then like there is a shift when you're like oh everyone on this tv show is younger than me now yeah. and but i still have this like vibe of it all being like these well put together adults which they are not well they are more well put together than i was at that age very that is, true i guess i'm still thinking about vegas yeah <laughs> You're always thinking about Vegas, man. Stop. You need to stop it. <laughs> hey, do you want to read the synopsis? 
I do. I got today's episode synopsis from MTV.com. Um, it all begins with a small town country girl, Julie, and her family in Birmingham. Her family is nervous about the whole thing, but Julie is stoked about spending three months in the big city. The seven strangers arrive in the luxurious loft that they'll call home for the next three months. After introducing themselves, they explore the house and find a love and sex book. The sex discussion begins focusing on innocent Julie and her virginity. At dinner, Kevin, Julie, and Heather discuss prejudice and racism. Kevin is impressed with Julie's open attitude, considering where she grew up. In fact, Julie and her innocence and enthusiasm have already charmed everyone in the house. I wonder when that was written. Because oh, words, like really recently. Come on. Yeah, because she's stoked about things. <laughs> yeah, I was like, that doesn't ring very true for the time, but no. yeah, that was written huh. recently uh, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> A little backwards rationalizing on it. Um, <laughs> yeah. Well, Britt, should we jump in? Yes, it's a cold open on a guy who we haven't we haven't met yet because it's the beginning of the show. So we, I'm gonna call him a guy until we know who he is. But he's sure. got a shirt Sitting, on. He's got a shirt take on. Note, take he notes. He's in front of an aquarium, and he's like, "I really can't believe it." He thought that they were going to put everyone in a little box. Yeah, he's like, That's "They can't do this to people." Yeah, <laughs> but he's smiling. They can yeah. and, and will. They can and will for 31 more seasons. <laughs> Exactly. Yeah. They will not stop. I, I just love the idea of like auditioning to be on the real world. And then when the camera's on her, it's like, there's no way this is possible. <laughs> but we go into the opening credits. You know, this is the true story of seven strangers. Honk, honk. This is the true story. True story. It's at a. It's actually very, it's kind of cool. Did anybody like it or is that just me? Oh, I love it. You know, they're the, they're the pioneers of reality television. I, I, I love all of this. I love it so much. It's so janky, you know, like the, it is. the tilted shots there. Everything's just yeah. you, you know, and, and by the way, that little box that they're, that he's talking, you know, he's worried about. At first I thought that they were going to put us in like this little box. That's a 6,500 square foot five bedroom Manhattan loft and last year it was on the market for 7.5 million dollars oh no way God. For, real. for real real world true story <laughs> here's what happens when people don't have to pay rent uh. <laughs> yes. they get paid 2,500 dollars an episode I mean not an episode for the entire run to live oh, no. wow three months so I was wow. like per episode that's not bad but no like, no not per episode time. sorry yeah yeah per <laughs> three month time? stint yes great um, so they just give us the rundown of the people, Britt. Oh, yes. The opening credits. Twin Towers. Yeah. Yes. Innocent oh. time. CBGB. Lots of bridges and cabs and people going, <laughs> I'm walking. And uh, they just throw in pulling out all the New York stops. You got Norman, Julie, Becky, Kevin, Andre, Heather, Eric. No shirt. Who we've learned. No shirt. Yeah, no shirt. Shirt is off. <laughs> and these are it's, the seven strangers. They are. They're strangers. They don't know each other. Yeah. We no. meet Julie from Birmingham. She has a polo shirt and a puffy headband. <laughs> well, now She's, we're in the South Coast Confederate flag check. Yeah. Baptist yes, church yes. van check. We're not in New York yet. Yes, no. there's a Cabbage Patch Kid in the background while she's doing her I confessional. I love that so much. And <laughs> and there's a little foreshadowing with the Mikhail Burishnikov dancers poster. 
Ooh. Oh, wow. Yes. <laughs> She um, says, my dad wants me to be a computer operator. Computer operator. Was that like a, what does that okay. mean at the time? Yeah, We're I don't know what job operators. that is. I really want to talk about this for a second. Yeah, okay. Like, what did that mean to her dad in 1992? Because yeah. I was into computers at an early age. And in 1992, you know, the internet definitely wasn't a thing yet. So is this like data entry we're talking about? Right. I... I don't know. And it has to be something, you know, he's still thinking it's like, you know, cardboard cards that she's going to be sliding into the (laughs) computer that wore tennis shoes or something. But I just love the generic title of the job. Computer operator. Aren't we all computer operators? Yeah. Well, now, sure. That's, you know, (laughs) if she wants to be a blogger, I mean, I'll call myself a computer operator. <laughs> yes, yes. Right? What did he do? That's what I want to know. <laughs> well, it immediately cuts to her dancing her heart out woo, in woo, a dance woo, class. Woo. She is dancing. <laughs> but then it cuts back to her dad. He's like, look, she's going to need a backup plan. And then it immediately cuts to outside of a church with the loud church music blaring. Now, I wonder, I wonder what Julie's dad learned about himself by being on this show. Like, is he self-aware at this point of like, yeah, I mean, he's pretty old back then. Who knows where he is now? But I'm going to guess he didn't learn a thing, (laughs) but I hope that he did. I I just feel like he's one of those guys who's like, yeah, no, I'm the dad. I'm allowed to ask those questions. Yeah, Um, he's pretty smart. I would like to point out that when they're in church, the preacher quotes talking heads. This ain't no party. This ain't no disco. This ain't no fooling around. Oh, my God. He's been waiting for this moment all his life. (laughs) I know. (laughs) Someone walk us through this. It's so funny. It's so, so good. It's so good. I mean, it's like complete Gen X bait right there. It's like rock music, oh. askew shots, and then religious icons, you know? And then he's, <laughs> and then he's like, he's like seriously been waiting. And then, then it's like, you know, um, it, they didn't even bring, they didn't even bother to bring in the seat fillers. It's just like, you know, 10, no. right? <laughs> ten looky loos who agreed to sign the waiver to sit in church, you know, with these heathens from MTV. On yes. like a Thursday at 7 a.m. <laughs> totally. <laughs> oh god but there's a uh, some sort of going away party happening after church because julie's going to be gone for three months and this is the longest she's ever been away from home uh, would you mind if i just uh put in one thing about the preacher oh, yeah. being Go ahead. like we are very alternative and very cutting edge <laughs> and you know it and i know it and i'm just like what is he trying to co- i mean i understand what he's trying to communicate but like where is he coming from you know, we got it. You need your hip. We got it. <laughs> you like, need more clear. tithings. I get yes. it. Yeah. Yes. I love, though, when she's walking out of the church and there's like kind of people in the background very close. And, the, and like Rusty says, this is like the beginning of reality TV. So people aren't even used to cameras being around or even yeah. like it's never they even occurred to them how to behave when there's a camera around. So you can see like people talking in the background being like, do I wave or do I, oh my God, here they come. They have zero chill. Zero chill. Pretend like I'm talking. (laughs) Pretend like I'm talking. Okay. (laughs) The old man with like a piece of pie spinning (laughs) towards the camera. Yes, yes. But yes, they're at the gathering, Rob, if you want to take that away. Yeah, after church, there's a little going away party, which... Is weird because soon after this, we get like a flashback sequence to the going away party. So we jump between Julie's travel. But at this part of the going away party, dad is holding a very tiny (laughs) cup. 
<laughs> oh no, no, no! That's not a tiny cup. That's not a tiny. Oh, cup. he's what is actually it? a giant. <laughs> oh, <laughs> he's actually quite large. <laughs> Wait, are we watching the real big world? <laughs> yeah, it's really the big. big world. Yeah. <laughs> and he's her dad has to check on her every day. Yes, With eleven some and dude eleven. Who can't run a business in New York? Like, what yeah. is he even saying? <laughs> He's like, he doesn't have anything to do. He's just going to come check on you every day. And she's He's just, got binoculars. Yeah, it's fine. Everything's fine. The next scene, Julie's dad is driving her to the airport in his red Ooh. interior car. Is that a Ford Tempo? I love that car so much. It's like that car is every early 90s dad car. Yes, yes. I that was my brother's that. first car. Oh, which, good. So good. Yeah, it was really humiliating driving to high school in a Ford Tempo. I can but. still feel the ceilings of that car yes. like yeah. drooping down on my head, you know, yeah. like trying to like push the bubbles up. Yes. Yeah. I like how Julie's, you know, like awkwardly sitting in the back clutching her paper yeah. airline ticket. Paper, <laughs> mind you. Yeah. Also, sitting in the back seat. Obviously, yeah. I guess this is they're the camera crew yeah. because there weren't GoPros, but <laughs> right. it was so awkward to be like, so I'm going to call you. Like, when can I call you? When can I? She's like, Dad, just let me zen out and look at this paper airplane ticket. Please. He's like, yeah, sure, Dad, twice a day. Get me on that yeah. flight. <laughs> yes, yes. She's like raring to go. At the airport, it goes on. Even more. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I didn't expect uh, there to be such a long intro based on Julie. You know, yeah. it makes you feel like the show is is going to be about Julie. And I don't remember yeah. if she is a main focus in this first season, but it took me by surprise. I showed I showed my 15-year-old daughter this on uh, the end of last year, and um, she had never heard of it or seen it. And she was like, what is going on? Like, why are they so focused on this girl? And and it's it it is, and you think it's over, and then they do the weird flashback. Thing. It's yes. Like, oh, yes. It's not over. She's on the plane, thinking back to twelve hours ago. I love though her dad, like he's holding back his feelings, and he oh. like she walks off. Well, actually, she bounces off. She's like. A bouncy ball down. Yes. But her parents stare blankly into the camera for just a moment. And her dad says, I believe I could shed a tear, which me too, all the time. (laughs) I thought he said, I believe I can shift here. I couldn't understand him. I couldn't understand. (laughs) I admittedly had the closed captions on. And so it was, was it was really beautiful to see that it's like jazzy rock music, upbeat (laughs) rock music. I want to point out Cookie just for a second rocks. after the flip display, um, Julie's niece, the baby, they point yeah. her out. Uh-huh. She's pushing 30 now. Oh my God. Oh, wow. <laughs> right? Crazy, huh? And I'm getting old. Just, Let's oh. get her on the podcast. Yes. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Someone walk us through the flashback. Well, oh, Britt, do you want to do it? I'll do it. Why? Because I texted you. <laughs> I mean, I got to hear Like, I don't know when you started saying but. but. <laughs> Why is that not okay? It's like. Is he drunk? Flat. I, I mean, I hope so. There's got to be whiskey in that glass. 
they flash back as as she's staring out the window of the plane. Then they they flash back to twelve hours ago, as Rob mentioned, <laughs> <laughs> to Julie's dad demanding that she let she tell him like, what is it that you believe that's different than what I believe? And she says, I was thinking it was going to be like, well, for starters, I'm fine with gay people, but no, it was like. I think it's okay if people want to grow their hair out to their butt. And he says, when did you start saying butt? (laughs) So good. good. When did you start saying butt? (laughs) And it's, this is like, I wrote something down on my notes here because to be fair, like this reminded me of a lot of dads in the area that I grew up in. And what area is that, Rob? Where's that? Clue us oh, in. the Midwest, Kansas City area, um, specifically Lee's Summit, Missouri, and uh, famously Summit. <laughs> yes, <laughs> but like this idea that, like, yeah, I thought it was going to be an acceptance of something a little bit more culturally relevant than hair length, right. but also like. <laughs> Yeah, my dad was obsessed with like how long we could cut our hair and like what our clothing meant to a stranger Hmm. and how we came off and like the idea of feelings. And although I see where Julie's at, I also see where the dad's coming from and being like, I don't, I've never thought about processing feelings. So (laughs) thinking about processing feelings in someone else, like I don't even comprehend that. But he doesn't say it that eloquently. No, he just tells her, I don't care how you feel about this. Yeah. <laughs> and can I, can I just say, he says damn, but she can't say but. Oh, Ooh, good call. Double standard. <laughs> oh, yeah. Let's cards on the table. He sucks. Yeah. But he did <laughs> almost a shed a tear. Yeah. He almost shed a tear. He could have. Well, the plane lands. You yeah, it's New York time. Well, you could tell they're in New York because now the music is rock and roll. And, yes. and everything's just askew in New York. Yes, yes the yeah, Dutch the angles angle. everywhere. <laughs> and there's a lot of honking, but the taxi driver is like the the interaction between it's so telling. It's so like exactly what Julie would do. Like, and and I could see some of myself in her in that like coming out to Los Angeles and then talking Same. to the taxi driver, and people are like, "Do you don't need to talk to them? Like, do you like your job?" What's yeah. your craziest day like? Like that's the kind of conversation she's. I bought this with jacket on the street. How crazy is that? <laughs> yes, but he talks about that. He's like the worst part of the job is not being able to go to the bathroom sitting in traffic. This right, T- TMI. <laughs> right. Yeah. He, he had such a moment. Congratulations. How do you feel? I got a pig. <laughs> I believe he said he had to go pee. <laughs> She is hey, fascinated by it. Rusty, what do, what do you do if you have to go to the bathroom? Well, I don't want to know whatever you <laughs> I really don't want to know. <laughs> but I'm pretty sure that the dad paid the cab driver to say that bit about criminals being everywhere. Oh, God. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yes. God, he slipped him a 20. <laughs> he simp- he Such- slipped him a fiver. Let's be honest. That man isn't generous. Everyone's got a gun. True. You know. <laughs> TMI. Uh, we are at what? the million, $7 million loft after this. We really but, are. 7.5. Ju- oh, yeah, sorry, 7.5. <laughs> but Julie has not arrived yet. Instead, a man in a giant Raiders jacket and big fuzzy hat comes in. And it's who we saw at the very beginning of the episode. It's Eric. It's Eric. Shirt on. Shirt, shirt on, on. <laughs> jacket on, hat on. 
and he's so, he's he says so like he walked into a new world. He's got, he's plastic, so he's got a plastic bag for his luggage. I just want to put that out. <laughs> it's like Tommy Boy when it just rolls out in a garbage bag. I don't own a toothbrush. Um, I found he, it very interesting, and please, uh, he immediately pulled out an address book, which was. Yes! fantastic oh it's so uh, good it's so i good. loved it i it still legitimately have, i still have my address book i really appreciate that because <laughs> i have lost all of my digital uh contacts at a point in time in my life and realized that i should be not putting them all in one spot digitally i found it very throwing that he called his friends and he's like i moved to the loft it's bad and I was like, wait, what? But I forgot that bad meant good. No, he said it's sick. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Which means sickism. <laughs> yes. Um, but a little <laughs> foreshadowing, he's like talking to his friends like, uh, you know, this place is awesome. Wait till you see it. So outsiders yes. are going to come hang out in that loft. <laughs> oh, wow. Later on. Well, my- we'll find- well, not in this episode. My favorite, uh, he does the best intro. I mean, he was there by himself, so he got to like have a lot of space to mm-hmm. really take in the presence without there being other people there. So he's walking through and he's like, there's furniture, kitchen, rooms, <laughs> bathrooms. Is it's, it's like nothing I've ever seen thing. before. This is a yes. weird thing. And they show a lava lamp. <laughs> yes. <Yeah>. yes. <laughs> How That's weird is weird. that? There's a kitchen. Beds are touching each other. Yeah. And why didn't they nuts. make the beds? Come on. I think yeah. That's so rude. Like they couldn't have made the beds. <laughs> it's so garish. Yeah. The whole loft is just awful. <laughs> oh yeah, it, the shiny blue mattress. Oh, oh man, there's so many sharp angles and like leopard print. And and well, gold and black rattan sofa. Yeah. Why? They can't be comfortable. <laughs> um, A new person. I do shows feel like up. it's Sorry, go you ahead. go, Britt. No, no. If you want to take it. Oh, no, no, no. I was going to say something just about the scaffolding. No big deal. <laughs> then allow me. Um, no. A new person <laughs> shows up at the loft. It's Becky. Yep. Then, I mean, it's kind of like from there, they're just kind of like cycling people in. And I hey, like wait, you, Rob. Can we go to Becky for a second? Yes. Because you, yes. you, you guys might not re- remember this, but she's the cast member who hooked up with one of the, the directors on the show. Oh, wow. I remember that. He left the show later. Like, it was like later when they were in Jamaica, they hooked up and he left the show. Yes. I have more about that. Oh, my gosh. There was so much more blurring the lines back in the day. Was there? Mm, Probably not. They just didn't show. They showed more, I guess. Um, I did find it interesting as we like go through everyone, like, Andre shows up and he's the second to last one. He's he's a rock musician. He's got long hair. So obviously he's going to get along with Julie. Um, She doesn't care about things like that. But he walks and he's like, none of these people look like anyone I've ever hung out with ever. And like he had been there for about three minutes. He asked the all important question. Who doesn't smoke? Who doesn't smoke? Right. Like, yeah. (laughs) 
that's so like reality show. Like everybody smokes. But you you skipped Kevin, Norman, yes. Norman. Heather. And Heather is a rapper. Like some people they give background and other people they don't. Kevin just kind of comes in. He's impressed with the apartment. And then he's like walks up and grabs a book called Love and Sex. And he just yeah. announces to no one in particular. He's just like, Love and Sex. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> Norman has a dog. Heather's a rapper. She has a cat draped over her shoulder. <laughs> like, like why? 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 I love the idea that they could bring pets. Well, they weren't supposed to. Well, yeah, I heard that too. So I'm, I, yeah. yeah, right. <laughs> he just did. I do. I do also like that when Becky shows up at first. <laughs> the first thing that Eric says is like, "You're a queen. I'm a king. <laughs> this is our castle." <laughs> like, like, yes. Uh, nice He's to like, meet you. Uh... <laughs> yes. King in the castle. King in the castle. Have a chair. I have a chair. Uh, Julie <gasps> arrives. She's getting out of the cab. Yeah, beep beep. Um, yeah, as when Julie comes in, they're finally ready to like settle down, sit around a table, and get to know one another. Um, Kevin I moved seemed to New- very awkward, by the way. <laughs> yeah, yes. like I was kind of like, oh no, I don't like this. Yeah, yeah. It's <laughs> so like water. Is- we have happen? so much knowledge of reality TV show now that we are like. Yes. Waiting for the fight to happen. Yeah. Well, and she announces like it's it's I'm sure I know that it's editing, but it seems like the, the way they set it up. She walks in the door and she's like, hi, everybody. And then she sits down and she's like, OK, so I like all of you so far. Uh, yeah. You could have sucked. So I'm happy about that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so glad I like all y'all so far. You're not going to really suck. Or something. Well, thank you for making your judgments like it, the instant that you arrived. OK. Yeah, uh, there's a lot of that going on, but also like in that weird editing, like she like sits on someone's lap and then puts her baggage down. It's like, I don't know how forward Julie is or not, but we go around the table. Kevin moved to New York. We should go around the table. Why don't you take Kevin? Well, we'll pass around like popcorn. Ooh, yeah. Kevin. Kevin moved to New York to pursue writing, but he used to study political science. (laughs) <laughs> okay, I um studied political science. I thought I was going to go to law school, and I said, nah, I'd rather write. It cuts to him clacking at a typewriter. Okay, electric yeah. typewriter. It, like, that's totally <laughs> real world for 1992, for sure. Yeah. That's a real struggle back then we had to get stuff done. Oh, man. And then, Britt, I think Becky is after that. Yes. Becky went to school for film, but she realized that she really just wants to be a singer. I decided the only thing I love is music. And so I've been playing that for a long time. Yeah. I like that this cast had aspirations outside of just wanting to be on television. Yeah. <laughs> Instagram it, it did famous. feel more real. <laughs> it really did. Do you want to walk us through Eric? I've been modeling for about a year. Shirt off. <laughs> Shirt <laughs> off, period. He's like now a, a raw food lifestyle guy. Oh, oh really? wow. Mm-hmm. And he was just a model then. He yeah. was a model and he's like, but I'm also trying to get into acting commercials. And Julie, bless her ingenue heart, is like, <laughs> then you must be rich. And he says, he's like, uh. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> the look on his face, it just reminds me of when I go back to my hometown and people are like, yeah. are you famous yet? And I'm like, oh, um, have you seen TV or movies? Like, <laughs> yeah. I'm not there. I'm not in them. Uh, <laughs> yeah. 
I'm just famous because I live in Los Angeles. That's that's the um, takeaway. Understood. Yes. I uh, after after that we meet Norman, who left Michigan to achieve a painting career, but he works now with a partner uh, in a company they started after that they named after their dog Gouda. I left Michigan in search of a painting career here in New York, and I started working with a partner. And now we have a company called Gouda, named after our dog. Yeah, is he saying like partners, like partners and business partners? Because like I wouldn't share a dog with my business partner. No offense, Rob. <laughs> well, it's quite all right. Um, I don't know, but I think we learn later that they they say he's bi, but he's really gay, and he's awesome. He's got like work in the Guggenheim. He's a great artist. I call it bold and brash. And he's Whoa. an inventor. He's an inventor, and he made some like laptop tray that like springs up so it's like you know better for typing and form you know what? okay amazing. i gotta buy one arrow tray yeah. it's called that's amazing norman is yeah cool. that's really cool yeah. norman norman heather's in a rap group yep she's done yep. a tour she's done our down productions but now she's pursuing a solo career so she's got to kind of start over more or less Yep. And then, uh, like I said, we met Andre, who moved out here to perform with his band. He plays at shows in, like, New York and (laughs) New Jersey. But as he's talking, Becky just totally is, like, interrupts him and is like, whatever, how old are you over there? (laughs) Julie, how old are you? (laughs) We've been playing out here. We play New York and we play New Jersey. So how old are you? I'm 19. 19. Ah. I bet Andre thought that this was his big break. I think so. Oh, but, yeah. You know, later, you know, he said like he wished he had never done it. Really? He hated the show. Yeah. What? Yep. He gets progressively grumpy over the season. Am I correct? Yeah, he's kind of a jerk. In yeah, my opinion, yeah. maybe he's not in real life, but in this, in well, this is the real life. The real it world. It is the I real mean, life. Is, so Okay, never mind. Things stop getting polite on this show, just so that's everyone right, knows. That's right. Um, but it turns yeah, out Julie's only nineteen. Yeah, she's the youngest. And, and somebody points out she's the youngest of seven in her family, and she's the youngest of seven in the real world. So is she really getting a different experience? Oh. But there's a beeping sound. What is it? <laughs> what was that? It's the thought. No, I, it, it, it's a. Uh, Someone was it able to bring a beeper Racist. into the house. Right. Yeah. Heather grabs the beeper and then Julie asks her if she's a drug dealer. She's like, why do you have a pager or beeper? But it's just like, oh, that's racist. Racist. Yeah. Maybe yeah. she's a doctor. No. Right. Yeah. She's well, I mean, it was, I remember the thing that went around town around that time where it's like, there's only two types of people who have beepers. Uh, you know, when my brother wanted a beeper, that was said. Hmm. And it was drug dealers and doctors. Hmm. But uh, unfortunately, Julie has no idea why that's racist. Well, and it's important to note, Heather's the only black woman out of the seven people that are there and yeah but but she handles it so beautifully in her confessional she's like i'm confused by the comment but i'd like to talk to her about it and see where she's coming from whereas like (laughs) that's really rational totally totally once she said the bit about the drug dealer i I really want to talk to her i I really want to know what she thinks they cut to julie being like everybody's gonna be against me because i'm from the south (laughs) it's like no 
because you're racist. <laughs> it's just... No, it's not because you're from the South that you sit. It's just you happen to be from the South and you happen to have made a racist comment. Yeah, yeah. Oh, but Lord. Andre and Kevin both back up, you know, that was a messed up comment. She shouldn't have said that. But Kevin is the only black man in the house. And he's like, yeah, I really hope that doesn't keep happening. But then they cut to him throwing a basketball into a basketball hoop and what who is it somebody was one of the white one of the white guys no shirt or shirt at this time Uh, no shirt uh giant hat big raiders jacket eric walks up and says do you ball (laughs) 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 okay was this rusty was this is like eye rolly at the time oh no 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 it wasn't as eye rolly no because they, there was a lot of things we didn't know, you know. Of course, of sure, course. You know, like sure. The internet changed a lot of things of how we understand people because we can, you know, talk to everybody and see what they're thinking all the time. But back then, if you didn't, if they didn't grow up in your hometown, you didn't really know. That makes sense. I mean, wow. But I'm, it's, I'm glad that it's like prescient. Not maybe not prescient, but I'm glad to know that people are at least making conversations back when this was on. Kind of sucks to think that we still have to have those conversations, though. We get a dog and cat montage after this, though. We really do. That's true. They all want to get along, but then there's dogs and cats fighting. Is that a um, foreshadow? or? (laughs) It would be pretty bad if if we were equating us to animals. Um, Mm Mm-hmm. Everyone's but. talking about their sleeping habits and schedules. <laughs> oh, Most yeah. people are like, but no, but this is so normal and rational. Like they should have these. Well, and it made me think too, like when you watch reality shows, when I watch reality shows, I'll own it. That People are always <laughs> like, you know, like assholes to each other. They're like muscling to who's going to be in the front and stuff. And these people are like, oh, you sleep late. OK, I'm, I'm going to stay with you. And like the other person's like, oh, you snore and I like to stay up all night. Let's room together. Like that's how they choose yeah. their rooms. It's super sweet. Right. Except for the like one point of contention between like Eric and Kevin are like, we are rooming together. And Becky's like, well, I, I guess we don't get that room. And that was it. That's the only, that's all. Yeah. So Uh-oh. adult. The love and sex book is back. Uh-oh. <laughs> I know. So bad. Have you ever been in love with someone and yet never told the person how you felt? Yes. Uh, do yes. you consider no, yourself think... sexually adventurous? No. What does being totally committed mean to you? Is this uh, like, that before the internet, people were like, I guess I'll read some questions out of the book to my friends. I've got sure. nothing else to do. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, sense. and there was also like, you know, any like I remember in college, like anything, you know, at a party to like talk about love and sex, like in a group, yeah. you know, like any reason, any reason, you know, yes. like, yeah. do we have some sort of game, you know, can we drink yeah. to this? Yeah. Yeah. There was always something. So the love and sex book was a, was a good, you know, placement on the part of MTV. It really well, is. Well, and like alcohol has been a really big part of the real world and other reality shows as well, but they don't really show these people drinking tonight, but I would think it would be like a celebratory situation. So I'm wondering uh, how loose are inhibitions when they're going through these questions. 
Yeah. They have beverages, yeah. but they're not showing them like, you know, yeah. girls, gone, girls gone wild or anything. <laughs> That's Vegas. <laughs> That's um, Vegas, yeah. That comes later. <laughs> this is Vegas. Eric says he doesn't remember the first time he had sex. And, you know, Julie is very... Like she's very perplexed by this. She's like, "How, you, 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 how do you not remember?" Uh, but she, she hasn't had a first kiss, correct? She's a virgin. She's a complete virgin. Right. Yeah. But the, yeah. is is what Eric is saying? Like, isn't that something someone says when they're a virgin? They don't want to admit it. They're just like, "Yeah, I had sex before, <laughs> but I don't remember." <laughs> okay, like girlfriend in Niagara Falls, sort of thing. <laughs> George Glass, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I used to say I was allergic to smoking pot because I didn't want to. I was too afraid. <laughs> oh, my oh gosh. that's great though. It's great. No one can call you on it. <laughs> <laughs> that really allergic. makes me think that really makes me think because my friend is allergic says she's allergic to pot I'm gonna be like are you just scared just kidding yeah. it's your it's your choice your body your choice your body I I do find that uh, yeah, I do think Eric was probably trying to be a blowhard here because he like doubles down on it when he's like, man, I remember the girl that I kissed first more than the girl that I lost my virginity to. Like a kiss is such a powerful moment. And like my first kiss, I remember when I was seven, like I remember her. And I was like seven, <laughs> seven years old, dude. That's what was my what? question. Seven. <laughs> yeah. Like, really? Really? How much? How kiss? How much kissing can you do when you're seven? I don't even want to know. Actually, leave, leave me out not, of this. Yeah, it's also like he's equating like an, a, a a grown adult situation to something like <laughs> that you would do on like the swing set. Yes, in first grade. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's weird. Next but day. It's the next day. Becky's Montage of shine. early morning NYC. Cab, oh, yeah. Cabs don't stop. <laughs> Rob, tell us about Becky's journey. Oh, <laughs> Becky calls her mom. Okay. And she's like, Hey mom, I got this gig tonight. Cause I'm a musician. Remember there's another musician in this house too, but I'm like the real musician. Um, I have to learn all of the songs today. <laughs> yeah. I want to point out that the Adam she's talking about with her mom, that's uh-huh. Adam from fountains of Wayne. Wow. And he's in the next scene. The yes. One, the one who just died of COVID-19. He's in the oh next scene. Oh, my gosh. That's insane. Wow. And the song wow. that, she's, that she's about to sing uh, ends up on a Fountains of Wayne album in 20, 2005. What? Yep. It's from uh, Somewhere There Must Be Again. Somewhere There Must Be Wow. This is crazy. Thank you <laughs> yeah. so much for being able to tell me this because I, I could tell I I don't know that is that is mind-blowing because I have other thoughts about this song and why she sings it with such a thick accent but um, I love when she's on the phone with her mom explaining all of these things as it's intercutting the things she has to do before the show that night yes um, the mom's like so can I call this number and request you and she's like mom it's just it's a phone you call ask for me I'll be here everything's stupid yeah yeah they don't understand they just Parents, don't understand <laughs> no um they, they cut to her show i mean the show was kind of like you well i want to hear about the thick accent for sure tell me your thoughts rob because you have well feelings. it's a, a very like it looks like a pretty classy like little cocktail jazz bar really yeah and she is invited 
So as we're led up to this, I thought she was like learning guitar for someone else's song so that because they needed a guitar player that night and she's like a musician who gets paid in this sort of way. But what Weird it is, assumption, is she, but go on. <laughs> well, I mean, but that's what my stepdad does. You know, people are like, we don't have a guitar player, so we'll pay you to come play as a session musician. I see. And so when she said she was going to learn someone's songs to play that night, I was like, okay. But then she gets introduced to be the performer and she sings a song with like a really thick southern accent that doesn't sound like her at all. I was surprised that she was like in the spotlight, then not surprised because it's the real world, and then surprised by the singing, and then I was very pleased that Norman said she was breathtaking and her performance moved him. Oh, you mean Norman? No, you Norman in the bubble bath? He's in the bathtub. Yeah. <laughs> they, they just were, cut to him. The MTV's like, put this towel over your junk, sir. <laughs> yes. He's, he has a towel <laughs> draped over his midsection, but he's in a bubble bath and just being like, yeah, she's not the greatest singer, but I was moved by the performance. Yeah, he, he was like, this is not really my thing. Like, let me just yeah. say that right, right off the bat. But she's okay. She's pretty good. Yeah. she's And I'm the one in the bathtub. So. <laughs> so the next scene is a montage of like the subway system. But did you see Julie was hugging one of the columns with her face pressed up against it while they were waiting for the subway. <laughs> oh, God, yes. It turned my tummy in these trying uh, times. It really uh, did. <laughs> Such innocent times. <laughs> also, it's probably humid as shit down there. It's a slimy p- pylon. What happened with the other train? Like the guy's foot? Somebody, I, I didn't really understand and I didn't want to rewind it. So I'm relying on you to explain it to me. <laughs> My understanding is that some dude put his foot in the train, didn't get on. The train started moving like he didn't fully get his body in there and the train yeah. moved and he was dragged. <sighs> yeah, that's that what I understood, too. Um, you know, they cut to a scene of Kevin being like, you know, it's no. New York. I thought someone got shot. Cut oh, back yeah. to Julie being like, oh, my gosh, this is crazy. And she's demanding I want my token her, back. Yes, she's demanding her money back from the woman who works in the subway token, kiosk. Yeah. It's just like she does not have time for that. Like she's not good. They're like what? What are their names? Heather and Kevin are laughing at her because they're like, <laughs> they're not going to give you your money back. Yeah. I wonder how much the token cost back then. Oh, Rob, wow, yeah. <laughs> right? How much is a, a single money. ride these days, Rob? Uh, 275. <laughs> what? <laughs> what, right? Yeah. But it's perfect because it's, it's so touristy and it's so like so innocent white lady that she when the teller does not give her money back she's like thanks have a nice day (laughs) that's like so good I guess this is all happening around the same time as Becky's performance and Heather Kevin and Julie just didn't go (laughs) they decided to go to dinner instead yeah the racist dinner yes the racist dinner (laughs) racism is alive and well do you think I'm prejudiced? I think people are against white people. 
Like, I feel like this would have been, I mean, it's it wouldn't have been as good television for the time, but like, this was probably all like, hey, you said a weird comment that made us feel uncomfortable. Let's all go grab a meal and talk about it. But it's presented as if like, and now it's time to go get dinner. Let's get into the shittiness. Right. The, it, it opens with Kevin saying, uh, racism is alive and well. But this perplexes yep. Julie. She's turning. I mean, you know, it's it's the defensive thing to turn it around on him. Well, I think you're racist against white people. I think you're really bitter. And it goes to a confessional with Kevin. And he's like, I do feel like I have the right to be (laughs) angry. And he also says her dad told she said that her dad doesn't like black people. (laughs) Like, So, like, that's personal. Yeah. Yeah. My teenager and thought this scene was super cringy. Like she was oh, like, yeah. oh God. <laughs> it's so uncomfortable because like Julie probably had, I mean, Julie has shown to have prejudiced thoughts, but doesn't, it hasn't made the connection yet. Right. That like, no, I'm not a racist. I just play one on TV. Right. Uh, <laughs> Heather gives a really thoughtful speech and then it ends with ignorance is ignorance. And Julie's just like nodding her head. She's like, preach, girl, for sure. (laughs) She's talking about you. Oh, man. Y'all, Julie's really insecure. They cut to her and she's worried she's going to be the big screw up of the house. Everybody's really smart. They're all very smart. And they have, you know, really solid opinions on about everything you can think of. So I felt, you know, just kind of wondering if I was going to be just the big screw up of the law. Yeah, she, like you said earlier, youngest one at home, youngest one in New York, uh, afraid to make mistakes she's made in the past, but not afraid to talk to strangers at any point (laughs) she can. Especially um, bags and terrible sunglasses. Oh, God. yeah, definitely parrot heads in their midlife crisis God. have a their Harleys, right? Well, from my perspective, it was just like, okay, so there's a confessional with Eric. He's like, it's got to be tough, but she's great. There's a cut to Norman in the ba- bubble bath, <laughs> bathtub again. <laughs> and then, then you know, he's like, it's cool. She's open to new experiences. Fortunately, they get him out of the bubble bath, and he, he must so, be really so, pruny. <laughs> so do note that the towel is now behind his head. Yes, he needs yeah. that neck support. <laughs> but he, they go on a, a dog walk. <laughs> And Norman's like, you know, she's she's like a little sister to me. And he points out that she's blown away by everything because everything's so new to her. And then they show her like waving at a motorcycle driving by. (laughs) Motorcycles in New York. Motorcycle. (laughs) Well, this one guy had a really cool Harley Davidson. It was like kind of turquoise and white. And it's not like I'm some, you know, gearhead or anything like that. Just you know, they're kind of interesting. I do like that Julie owns it. She's like, I mean, motorcycles are fun. I don't know anything about them, but heck, if someone's riding one, I'm going to ask them about it. I'm going to try to get on the back of that motorcycle. (laughs) (laughs) So somebody explained this last scene. It shook me to my core. I can't talk about it. Rusty, I would love for you to take this. No, please, please. (laughs) (laughs) I want to see what Brittany has to say about this. (laughs) Okay, Britt. Please, I will will go through it, and then I would love your thoughts as well. Um, They have stopped the two guys on Harleys. 
One of the Harley riders is going to give Julia a ride around the block while the other Harley rider hangs out with the other cast member, Norman and Gouda. And uh, as, as this is happening, we're cutting to this talking head moment with Eric, who's admitted to being charmed by Julie, who we cut back and is driving away on the Harley, and the other Harley driver turns around to the camera and says... You have birth control with her? <laughs> <laughs> he says, hope she has birth control with her. Yeah. And then it hope immediately cuts two credits. Hello, rape culture. <laughs> uh, <sighs> gross. I, yeah. w- I like, I had a reaction. Like, I, I didn't gasp. I mean, I probably just like choked on my coffee or something. It was <laughs> just like, oh. Yeah, I know. Like super that. gross. Super yeah. gross. Well, and like also, yes, I 100% super gross for everything there and juxtapositioning it with a guy also has a crush on Julie. Mm. And it's all of this stuff that's just like about Julie's virginity and new lease on life and how will she be corrupted? And then <laughs> also let's throw hello, rape culture and blah, blah, blah. <laughs> yes. Ugh. Yeah, it's a lot. There's a lot going on in this first episode, and it's so disjointed. Like, but it is very focused on Julie, which I find interesting. And I don't remember that from from the first hundred times I watched it when I was yeah. a person. I don't remember that, especially you know, like they spent half the episode in Alabama, right? Yeah. Did you guys well, stick around for the on the next episode of the Real World? No. <gasps> no. Oh, at the very end, it was just like, oh, just like a 20 second thing. Literally nothing happened and nobody was talking. It was just like different shots of people like dancing and stuff. It was stupid. <laughs> <laughs> and it said, and this goes on for 30 more years. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. I'd also like to say that at the very end of this, um, yeah, it's it's jarring and uncomfortable and gross. And then the the end credits are like the same credits because I'm sure it's the same production company that like did wild and crazy kids and salute your shorts and all of these shows that I would watch on Nickelodeon. They're like quasi comic sans credits. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So like when he's like, I hope she got birth control on her cut to credits. And then I am immediately thinking of childhood cartoon or TV shows I was watching. And I was like, Oh my God, I feel very uncomfortable here. It's the real world, Rob. Yeah. Welcome to the real world. (laughs) Rusty, do you have any takeaways? Uh, So much, right? (laughs) (laughs) You know, it's so um, poorly edited in some, you know, like it's so slow going. Um, And I don't remember that, you know, for, for me, it was like, this is my, it was the first taste that we all had of like this voyeuristic thing. You know, um, yeah. I'm watching, or I just, you know, finished in January. I finished watching The Circle. Have you watched that? Mm-mm. Oh, no, but my partner has, and I've heard oh, about it. Boy, what you is watch it? The Circle. It's on Netflix and it, and it brings these, um, these strangers <laughs> into an apartment building, which th- they kind of make it out like it's in Milwaukee or something, but it's actually in England. 
and <clears throat> they each have their own apartments and they can only communicate through this thing called the circle, which is like a social media, a fake social media sort of what? platform. And they're all trying to get a hundred thousand dollars. That, that's the big win at the end. So some of them are catfishing. So they put, you can put up a profile of yourself and, um, you know, so some people pretend to be someone else and then people get voted off and different things like that. But what? it's also, you know, it's, like this weird reality TV because it's not, you know, now we we're when we talk about reality TV, we're talking about unscripted. Right. So, you know, they're f kind of fed lines and stuff like that. But this is, I believe these people are actually saying <laughs> all the stupid right. stuff that they're saying. Yeah. It has a very real world vibe in that way because they're all in this apartment and then they eventually meet and like some are like thinking that they're flirting with this hot girl and it turns out to be like this frumpy guy. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> it's really fun. It's really a lot of fun. That's like the real world, like the uh, lowercase, the real world. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, for, for real. <laughs> well, I know I need to go take a bubble bath after all that. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Stupid. Yeah. Two towels, Brittany, two, two towels. One, one for, for my for the midsection. <laughs> um, but Rusty, <laughs> can you tell our listeners where people can find more of your work and find you on social media and if you sure. have any fun things coming up? Well, um, I write for Boing Boing, so I'm always there. I write at least some, one thing a day there. And I also, um, once a week, I have a, the, my Rusty's Electric Dreams, the inbox zine, because I'm the zine queen, apparently. Yes. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> that's at electricdreaming.com or just my last name, blazenhoff.com. You can find it there, too. Nice. And uh, do you, do you uh, want to plug your social oh, media? That's it. That's, all, that's what I got going on right now. Oh, everything's just my last name. Blazing off, blazing off, blazing off. <laughs> uh, oh, one thing I was going to say uh, uh, that you might think is funny. When I came to California in 1994, I immediately found people who got me online. And it was a different version of, you know, what we know is online now. And within a year, um, I had a website and I was doing blogging, but it wasn't called blogging. That didn't come till later. And um, I had a website before MTV did. I had a website before Ooh. Burning Man did. What? And for, Ooh. Crazy, right? And MTV at the time, for many years, I felt like an eternity. I felt, um, you know, ashamed for them. <laughs> they had just like this spinning globe. That was their website. No way. Yep. Remember the spinning It's like a little construction man. Yes. <laughs> <Just> digging. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, no, they didn't even do that. It was just like, this is our website, people. Like my We're website global. was so much better, you know, at the time. <laughs> my GeoCities. Hello. Yeah. <laughs> Shout Classic. <out> I <laughs> only had my Angel Fire website. But, oh, God. You know. <laughs> yeah. So, Rob. Well, Brittany. What? Yes. What? You, you go. Okay. I was just going to say that if people want to support us, uh, and here's some bonus episodes that they can head to our Patreon, which is patreon.com slash pink jeans. We didn't plan that, but I love when it happens. Me too. Where you can find us on social media is the TV show show on Instagram. And if you want to connect with us on Twitter, you can find us at hashtag pink jeans. Just like just hashtag pink jeans. You'll find it. It's all over the place and they're skin tight. Rob, we got um, another episode coming up next week. We do. We do. Um, we invited Mia Iverson and Shauna McGarry. Both writers what for are we Katie Keene. Yes. The both writers for Katie Keene. The CW. 
Yeah, um, they're covering ER. We're covering ER. And uh, you won't believe which episode, but we'll let people find we that will out We'll let you know. It's the live episode. Yeah. It's fine. Okay. Rusty, well, thanks for joining out. us. Thank you so, yeah. so, so much. It was a lot of fun. Yay! Yeah, thanks so much. This has been a blast, everyone. I had a lot of fun. I really did. I'm going to write about it in my diary after my bubble bath. (laughs) (laughs) All right. I'll see y'all later. See you guys. Bye. I was literally waving. (laughs) (laughs) Good job.